Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center presents Doc Talk, an informative health series educating our community on the services provided at Peace Health. We will begin with our host, George Henry, after these messages. You're not feeling well? You twist your ankle? Or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away? There is an alternative to the emergency room. It's a Peace Health walk-in clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building, just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health Walk-In Clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. On this edition of Doc Talk, I have the opportunity to talk to, talk to Dr. Mo Sabah, and he is with us in the studio today. And welcome to the program. Oh, good morning, George. Thank How you. are you doing? Very good. Thank you for having me cool. on the program. Now, you've been in Florence since 2012. So, but let's go back. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, your schooling and that and medical school. Where did you go to medical school? So I'm originally from uh, Lebanon. Um, and um, so I grew up there and I went to medical school there. I went to a French university uh, in, uh, in Beirut, Lebanon, where I did uh, my medical school. And uh, I started a training in family medicine after I, um, I graduated medical school there. And I decided to... Um, to uh, continue my training in the U.S. What made you want to be a doctor? What, what was it in your, was it something in your life or just you felt a calling? I was, um, I was inspired by, fam- by my uncle, family member who was a doctor, and uh, I really l- liked his, uh, his, uh, per- the, way he, he, the way he was looked at in the community, the way he was helping people, and uh, he was really a big inspiration for me. And um, so that's what led me basically to go through that route. And it's been uh, very fulfilling. So you, you went from Beirut, Lebanon to the U.S. Where did you land in the U.S.? So I did some, um, I started applying to, univer- to, um, to university hospitals here for residency. And uh, my goal was to do internal medicine. And uh, that's what I ended up doing. And uh, I interviewed in multiple places. And I ended up... Um, matching in a big university hospital on the east coast in uh, camden new jersey which is Cooper. just the other side of the river from philadelphia right exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so i lived uh, i lived in philadelphia which was a very beautiful experience for five years and uh commuting across the river to camden uh, where i did this is where i did my training before i moved to the west coast now are, are you married single or i'm, I'm single single yeah, so. okay and so Obviously, no kids, or at least no kids. Yeah, no, there, yeah, there you go. Okay, yeah. so you, where did you go after Camden? Did you come right here after that, or uh, straight for yeah from uh, uh, Philadelphia, Camden to uh, to Florence? So to why? Florence. What was it about Florence that attracted you here? You know, it's. Um, Training when you do your training in a big uh, university hospital, it's uh, it's it's a good tra- it's good for training, but it's uh, it's so big. It's like living in a big city where um, where um, um, where practicing medicine can be less rewarding because you're not very connected to the community. You're more connected to the hospital and 
rather than the community. And I wanted to uh, work into into an environment, a smaller hospital that's that's connected to the community and works closely to the community. And um, so that's one aspect of it. The other aspect, I'm, I wanted to move to the West Coast for a different experience, mm. a West Coast experience. And uh, I ended up interviewing here in Florence in this lovely town and uh, lovely hospital. So, um, and I loved it. And that's how I ended up here. So you, what you do as a doctor in a smaller community is a little more one-on-one. You have more patient time than you do in a larger hospital. Is that correct? Exactly. That's that's one of the important aspects. There's more time to uh, there's more time to care for the patient. At the same time, there's some kind of continuity because the patients and their families are you know it's a small place and you know you see them, you see their family members, then you see them in the community, and you get the there's always this. Um, <clears throat> There's always this uh, feedback that you get um, with when you're practicing medicine. That's something very rewarding when you get the quick feedback that you're doing, that you're helping, and, and, and that's something very fulfilling. What I, I, th- I, I should probably know the answer to this question, but internal medicine, how is that different from, from other things? I mean, obviously, there's sur- a surgeon and in, internal medicine. What is an internal medicine doctor? How does that differ from others? So internal medicine doctor is the um, is uh, it's it's you we, the training is a basically adult for to train to treat medical conditions in adult patients um, above the age of eighteen, and we the scope of training is three years of training with a scope that uh, includes all kind of medical diseases in comparison to surgical diseases, um, medical diseases like you know lung diseases or heart problems or kidney problems. And, uh, and the scope of training is uh, throughout the three years is varies between outpatient and inpatient. And um, some of the internal medicine doctor end up practicing internal medicine in the outpatient setting or the inpatient setting. And we'll talk about that um, later. Uh, some of them decide to do pursue fellowship uh, more training, and that's what uh, that's how they end up being called a specialist after internal medicine. Like you become a cardiologist or a, or a, or a uh, lung doctor, or so you go into specialties after after the after internal that. medicine, right? And can that specialty include surgery too, or is that something that's a different path? Yeah, surgery think? would be a totally different path after medical school because that would uh, require a whole lot more training. Yeah, because you're cutting it, people open. <laughs> yeah, it requires. It, it doesn't have to be the, the more training, but it's just a different path. Different path. So you finish medical school, you, you want to be, a, so you go through general surgery and then you specialize. So just different path, yeah. Mm, so different from internal medicine. Okay. All right. We're talking with Dr. Mo Sabah. He is uh, working at Peace Harbor, Peace, Peace Harbor Hospital here in Florence. We're going to talk a little bit about the specialty that he brings here to Florence in just a bit on this edition of Doc Talk. You're not feeling well, you twist your ankle, or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away? There is an alternative to the emergency room. It's a Peace Health walk-in clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health walk-in clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. 
Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. On this edition of Doc Talk, I'm talking with Dr. Mo Sabah. He's a MD who uh, came to us from Beirut, Lebanon, via Camden, New Jersey, and now he's here in Florence. Been here for seven years now, right? Seven years. So, when you started at Peace Harbor, did you start in the as a hospitalist, and and that's what you've been doing since? Since then, yes. Okay. I did. I want to say that um, I did. Um, a subspecialty in infectious disease after I finished my internal medicine training. and um, But then I decided to, I want to practice general medicine inside the hospital, which is something I really liked. Um, and I started interviewing for jobs uh, as a hospitalist. And that's how I was recruited at Peace Harbor Hospital when the program was opening. Uh, and we can talk about the history of the program here, of the hospitalist program. Okay, I'm going to go back to the, the, the disease, infectious disease. Is that something that, like, you would have maybe worked for the CDC or something like that, Center for Disease Control? Or, uh, or infectious, just- disease, infectious disease meaning uh, training in um, infections that can affect uh, humans, and um, uh, that includes viruses and bacteria and parasites. Uh, the training in, in Camden was, was very interesting. It, uh, the scope of training was very, very big, including HIV and tuberculosis and uh, um, severe bacterial infections. So, um, uh, and that's the background as far as training in addition to uh, hospital medicine. And that's one of the things that I bring to the hospitalist program here is that's extra specialty when, uh, when there is like infections, when there is, which is very frequent usually in hospital medicine, when there's infection, you know, I usually help in, in these kind of cases as, as the specialist as well. All right, I, I want to talk about the the background of the hospitalist program and how it started. But let's talk about what it is first. And so, what is a hospitalist? So, the hospitalist is the um, is the uh, the hospital based physician who practice practices at the um, at the hospital to care for the patients uh, for the acute uh, who are admitted acutely for who have some kind of acute illness that requires hospitalization so it will be the dedicated internal medicine doctor a provider who's inside the hospital who cares for them during that period of acute illness so like some doctors may have an outside practice that also work within the hospital at times but you exclusively as a hospitalist work within the hospital right in the past it used to be um, the same doctor who's, who cares for the, uh, the patients uh, in the outpatient setting goes to the hospital and sees them in the hospital. But uh, throughout the country in the last 15 years, there has been a major transition because of the complexity of care um, for multiple reasons, into transitioning into separating the outpatient uh, internal medicine care from the inpatient. So in our hospital here at Peace Harbor Hospital, around um, maybe around 10 years ago, um, a decision was made to start the hospitalist program where uh, uh, to dedicate a certain internal medicine doctor hospitalist um, to the care of the patient inside the hospital and uh, at this point we are um, and for the last uh, for the last 10 years it's been like this uh, the patients in the community are cared for by the primary care providers and then when they get ill 
and they need hospitalization and they come through the emergency room and they get admitted to the hospital. This is where the hospital sees them, care for them during their stay in the hospital until they uh, they get better and transition um, transition to back to the community. So as a hospitalist, do you not have much contact with patients after they leave the hospital? Or do you still keep in contact for some reason? In, 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 uh, in general, um, uh, in general, we care we care for them in in, in the hospital. Um, sometimes we do quick follow-ups uh, after they get discharged. But in, uh, but uh, as a concept, the the hospital is, is cares for them inside the hospital and then transition them back to the primary care provider, and that's part of. Um, it's important here at Peace Harbor Hospital the con- the communication and the coordination with the primary care setting is very important and very good where we it's it's a very friendly and we work together in a way that when the patients comes in to the hospital we connect quickly with their primary care providers to to through the uh, either personally or through the electronic health system to um, to know their background and and the, what's going on with them so we can take over and coordinate and treat them and then when they when they get treated in the hospital and um, and then they are ready to be discharged we coordinate back with the primary care provider in a way that transition is very smooth. So they, the primary care provider take over the care after they leave the hospital. So, um, so the patient feels that it's a continuous continuum of care uh, between the outpatient and the inpatient. Okay. Now, since 2012, what, what changes have you seen in the program, if any, and how is it, how is it, um, Kind of moved along since then in the last seven years. We we have become um, we have a very very good group. We have an excellent group of hospitalists at this point. Um, it's been like this, but right now we have we have been we have been lucky with having multiple uh, uh, physicians in the hospitalist program that are uh, also subspecialists as well, but they are practicing hospital medicine. I I saw in the last few years. The um, the program we acquired a new electronic health system that that helped a lot the communication between the outpatient and the inpatient, the um, the um, the care the co- the care coordination inside the hospital the way we have started doing team team approach to care for patients has has improved significantly and um, it's really uh, in my opinion it's becoming really an excellent excellent uh, place to practice medicine. How do you as a doctor stay up to date with changes in medicine? Do you do you do continual training and education and stuff like that? We do. We read all the time. I mean, reading is a reading and acquiring knowledge through reading all the time is something that we do depending either um, either reading general um, uh, journals, med- medical journals or uh, reading about the patients themselves. Um, through uh, through the internet and the the journals, so uh, the other thing that we do every year, uh, each one of us goes to meetings, uh, medical meetings uh, about hospital medicine or or other or internal medicine, and just to get the updates on uh, what's going on in the medical knowledge, the medical practice. All right, on this edition of Doc Talk, we're talking with Dr. Mo Sabah, and we'll be back with more right after this. You're not feeling well. You twist your ankle. 
or you have that pain in your shoulder that just doesn't go away, there is an alternative to the emergency room. It's a Peace Health walk-in clinic. There's no appointment necessary, and you may have to wait, but you could see someone today. It's open six days a week in the 380 building just across from Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. The Peace Health Walk-In Clinic, your local health partners. At some point in her life, one out of every eight women will get breast cancer. One out of eight. Most women can beat it, but only with early detection. Don't let breast cancer stop you. Mammograms save lives. Better total care. Peace Harbor Imaging now has digital mammograms. Get one. Speaking with Dr. Mo Sabah, who is a uh, hospitalist at uh, at Peace Harbor Hospital in internal medicine. So every time I have an opportunity to, to meet with a doctor, I like to try to just pick their brains about, you know, what to do to stay out of the hospital. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously we want you there when we have to be there, but there's a lot of preventative things that, that Americans, for some reason, don't understand. We don't get the fact that we don't have to go if we just do some simple things. What are some of the things that people can do to... I'm glad uh, I'm glad you're bringing this up because as a hospitalist, we care for the patients where they are re- when they are acutely ill in the hospital. But but health, the health of a of a person is a continuum throughout their life, and you know we try to help them in that those few days when they are sick in that episode. But there's so much to do before and after as far as prevention. I mean, there's so much prevention that you could do. Some things you cannot prevent, but like you know. Um, depending on the disease that you have, but uh, but there's a lot of things that can be prevented and decrease the rate of hospitalization and illness. And of course, talking about uh, weight management and, uh, and diabetes management, for example, but weight is a very important thing, like diet, because that's something, you know, you can talk about exercise, but sometimes there's exercise is very important, uh, but diet is way more important than exercise, in my opinion, and that's that's important for. So you know, in other words, you could eat like crap and exercise, and you're still you're still <laughs> you're still at a lost sum there, right? Yes, yeah. yes. Actually, there are studies that showed if you exactly if you exercise, sometimes when you exercise, you gain weight because because you know you you have that reactive mode of uh, of eating more. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, it's funny because when I was younger, I used to run about five miles a day. But I used to say I ran so I could eat. Exactly. You know, yeah. and yes, that was yes. that was my mindset. You know, I ran so I could eat. So that's not necessarily a good way to think about. That. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So so it's um, it's good to focus on what you what we eat because that's something that we do every day. And uh, and sometimes you know some some patients might have issues with mobility and exercise because of certain limitations, but. Uh, but all of us can control what we eat and that's very important so best things to eat pasta potatoes right <laughs> pasta <laughs> i'm kidding the, yeah. right that's that's carbs the, the 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 carbs are the enemy i mean all the uh, these days you know but yet that's what we, that's what we were brought up to eat though. discussion about diet has been you know for years and mm-hmm. years always changing but uh, for the last 5 years we there's a lot of talk about carbs being the enemy. The carbs are the enemy, as you said, pasta and rice and potatoes are, are the enemy because we're not we're all in our mindset thinking about cholesterol and fat, but actually, the carbs are the enemy because what happens with carbs? You get these peak insulin 
in the body every time you eat carbs. And then this insulin that goes up and then increase, a lot, increase your inflammation in the body and increase the, uh, decrease your immunity and in, increase your weight as well. So that's, um, that's very important to talk about. Um, our body did not evolve in a way to uh, process that much sugar. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we eat, you know, when you imagine the, back in the days, the hunter-gatherers, I mean, you get apples and fruits here and there, and that's your, or honey or something like quick, that, that would be your, your carbs. Now mm-hmm. you, everything has high sugar high and fructose, yeah, corn high syrup. fructose yeah, so. corn syrup and stuff. Yeah. So, so it's an important message to, to the community to, um, to try to prevent illnesses by improving the immunity system by by decreasing your diet so by improving your diet uh, low carb diet is very important um in in comparison to um um to other diets that have been described before so uh, for example what makes up an arterial blockage generally i had heard someone had told me one time that that part of the strength of your arteries come in in the fat and, and 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 the carbs are what deteriorate arteries. Is that accurate, or is that there's two? There are two elements for plaques to be um, to uh, to create plaques to uh, to cause uh, uh, problems in in the body. And part of it is the level of uh, cholesterol in your body, which is also linked to to uh, the way the body processes carbs as well, because it becomes fat. But also is the amount of inflammation. So uh, the inflammation that uh, changes the type of uh, fat in the body and makes them stick into the arteries. So tobacco smoking, for example, uh, increases oxidation and, and causes the plaques to stick into the arteries. So foods that cause inflammation are good to stay away from as well. Yes. Oh, wow, good. that's good to know. Now, we, we didn't really talk too much at the, the first segment like I like to do, but... Uh, being here, the West Coast, there's a lot to do out here. What are what are some of the activities that that you like to do uh, on the on the coast? What a beautiful place to live in! Um, you know, I love I love the outdoors. I love I love nature, and it's an amazing place to live in. I during the last few years, um, I acquired some new uh, new hobbies by living here. Um, uh, I love to paddleboard, so I'm always taking my paddleboards around the lakes or in the Sausla River. Mm-hmm. That's something I do free, very frequently. Hiking is something very important for me. I, I'm always hiking in nature. Um, now, I, you said, I think you said in the middle of the break there, you said something about surfing. I did. Are you one of those guys that goes out on the river there at the mouth of the ocean there and, yes, and jumps in? Exactly. That's kind of crazy to me. So what 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 is it about that? I mean, because it's really not like when when I think of surfing, I think of Hawaii and you know the tube and going through that. But this it, it does have um, it's it's a different feel. It's 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 more challenge, but also it's actually. It's uh, more serene. The, the, the scene is uh, that gray scene with the seals around. Is, it's, it's a different scene, but it's also like relaxing and, and beautiful. Have you had yeah. any seals get close? Or? Yeah, yeah, all the time. All the time, I mean, right? they, they like to play. They're not, they like they're not play. real concerned about <laughs> humans in the water, are they? <laughs> no. No. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. So um, anything, uh, any... Any new technology or coming up ahead to make your job easier at, at Peace Harbor? Is there anything new in the works? I think the uh, 
acquiring the CareConnect uh, electronic health system has uh, has been very good in the last few years, and uh, that's uh, you know that's what the the best in the country. It's well known to be the best in the country, and that helps the communication with the uh, with the outpatient providers, but also with our sister hospital in Eugene um, at Riverbend, because. When we discuss, as a hospitalist, we have the um, when we need a consultation from a specialist uh, through the phone on the phone. It's easier for the specialist to review everything very quickly because we we use the same uh, healthcare records, so it's easy to review um, images and labs, and uh, we discuss the cases as if they are seeing the patients, and that has been very good because because of that healthcare. I would say from the technological standpoint, that uh, that has been very very good change. Well, imaging, too, is something that's gotten a lot better in the last 10 years, too, hasn't it? I mean, just the, the, the clarity and the details. The, the, the technology is changing all the time, and the, and the, um, the quality and the resolution of, um, of the images have changed. Um, recently, we acquired a new MRI machine also that uh, is giving us the capacity of doing more as far as imaging, and that has been also very good. How has the mindset changed as, uh, for like low-dose low radiology and, and stuff like that, or radiation? Has, that, has, has the thoughts on how that uh, is done changed over the years? The, the, um, the, the um, X-ray, um, through the, the new CT scans that we used, are all of them are low resolution. So I have, think in the last 10 years, things, the amount of, the, I don't know how much, but I know that it has changed a lot as far as the amount of uh, radiation that a patient um, get exposed to uh, through, through scans so and x-rays. it's X-ray. decreased a lot yeah, It has decreased years. a lot. Yeah. We, and because we talked about this, I want to talk about um, uh, that the way we do, we try to, when we select for it, we do, you know, we can, we have the capacity to do all kind of images here at, uh, at Peace Harbor Hospital as far as uh, scans and MRIs. But, you know, we, we don't over, we try not to over doing the test. So we're only, uh, by doing a shared decision with the patient, uh, we try to do, we, uh, we aim for doing images when, when it's really needed. So when we're taking that risk of radiation, uh, we're taking it together with the patient. Uh, and we weigh the risks and benefits, but the risks are really small at this point. You need to a cumulative effect of radiation throughout the years to get um, uh, the risk of cancer or whatever the risk that comes from radiation. Now you talked about infectious diseases. I know one of the things that that is prevalent in in some hospitals now that we hear talk about is MRSA. How 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 dangerous is is MRSA? Yes, MRSA is. Uh, stands for um, methicillin resistant staph aureus. It's a type of it's a staph, staph uh, infection. Uh, it lives with us on our skin. Uh, for some reason, you know, staph when it gets under the skin or goes into the bloodstream can be severe. Can cause severe pneumonias, severe uh, bloodstream infection or heart infection. Um, it's um, it is a severe infection, but it's treatable. It's treatable, and there's antibiotics to treat it. And we we screen some of the patients when they come to the hospital for that type of infection when they have severe bacterial infection. So people with like uh, compromised immune systems are are more at risk than someone who's got a, a nice strong constitution. So. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and. Um, 
long-term diseases like diabetes can affect the immunity immunity obesity can affect the immunity system and that's that's important to talk about for prevention you know by improving um, the diabetes management and improving the uh, weight management you know you improve your immunity system and that can help fighting infections in general all right dr mo sabah thank you so much for joining us today i, I really appreciate it thank you george for having the uh, the opportunity to be here with you and talk about our program you have been listening to Doc Talk, presented by Peace Health Peace Harbor Medical Center. For more information on the program and services provided, visit peacehealth.org.